Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and the two of us are the authors of 30 bazillion cookbooks, including vegetarian dinner parties and grain mains. And today we're actually re-upping a show that aired, whoa, three years ago. November 28th, 2016, one of our favorites, Eggnog. Oh, this is, a, this is really a classic, and it's something that I make every year. Uh, I love eggnog, beyond me. I, I mean, I get to. I'm the Christian in the pair of us. So I get to love eggnog, <laughs> and I make this every year, and it is a bit of an involved process. And if you think we're starting early, that's because this eggnog actually has to ripen, right? Yep. It uh, goes for a month. We tell you exactly how to do it in the podcast coming up. So have a listen, have a happy holiday, and we will be back with another episode of Cooking with Bruce and Mark. On these Friday episodes, really, I don't know why we say that, right? Who, Whenever you listen to these episodes of our podcast, we cook through recipes in real time. And today, I'm cooking, not Mark, because Mark has shown me the pleasures of the most Christian of all beverages, <laughs> eggnog. Until then, I don't know. You sure the most Christian of all beverages is not a glass of milk with a ham steak? That no, might... well, the ham is your most Christian of all meat products. Well, and so a glass of milk with ham. <laughs> we got a whole thing going on. Well, that. there is a lot of milk in eggnog, isn't there? Well, there is some milk. What there is a lot of, well, at least in my recipe for eggnog, there's a lot of booze. A lot. Now, <laughs> well, something has to preserve this because you told me we're making it today, but we're not drinking it for a month. That's right. Let me just say two things. This is a an eggnog that has to ripen a bit. So if you're listening to this podcast on the weekend after Thanksgiving or in the 1st of December, now you can make your eggnog to get ready for Christmas and uh, even New Year's. So you want to make this about a month in advance and it's going to store in the fridge. I made this or have made this for Christmas Eve parties that we've got. Yeah, last year Mark made it early. We brought it to a Christmas Eve party. We made a gallon. And I think one person there drank the whole gallon. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> it seemed that way. But a lot of people had lampshades on. So <laughs> I just want to say that this is a particularly boozy version. And the reason it's particularly boozy is two, twofold. One, I like it. And B, <laughs> we want a lot of booze because, again, we're going to ripen this thing. And the booze will actually act as a bit of a preservative. Oh, booze is this. the best preservative there is. Yeah. And Preserves it, your liver. You'll see. So Bruce is going to start this thing. Well, so what I just want to say there's one thing that no? that much booze does not preserve, your dignity. No, no it does not preserve your dignity, but it, it, it also doesn't preserve your liver, but uh, that's a whole nother matter. Okay, so basically, okay, go ahead. this is, is, is this just like a dump and stir recipe? This is going to be so dumb. So I'm not even cooking anything. No, but okay. before we get started, I should tell you, you're going to make a gallon of this if you're following along at home and you don't have to copy this recipe down, you can go out on our web- website, bruceandmark.com, and find the recipe. So don't worry about the exact proportions until you get out there. But if you're going to make this and get it ready, you need gallon containers. I put this in two half-gallon containers. You did that last year, and I went out and bought the same kind this year. I just got those canning jars at the hardware store, and they're half-gallon sizes. So we're using two of those. The other thing I think we really have to talk about here are eggs. Because this is a dump and stir as it is. I'm going to put all these ingredients if in a bowl. you don't know what that means, that's a term from the old days of cooking shows, like PBS shows. And it was said that someone stood in front of the camera and dumped ingredients and stirred them. And so those old shows, and yes, even Julia Child's show, are considered dump and stirs. So we're doing this as a dump and stir. I'm not even turning the stove on to make this eggnog. 
So what that means is you're consuming raw egg yolks. Yes, you are. So while that is not the safest practice for very old people, very young people no. like infants, or people with any compromised immune systems from illness or from chemo. But if you have a compromised immune system, you probably don't want to drink as much liquor as we're about <laughs> to put into this thing. But okay, go so on. So if you have access to local farm fresh eggs then you should use them. If you only can get eggs at your supermarket, at least look for the ones that say organic. You need or organic that say, large eggs. You know, cage-free, human, now, all that stuff. some supermarkets do sell pa- in-the-shell pasteurized eggs. Yeah. And you can use that for this. I don't know much about in-the-shell pasteurized eggs, but I understand that they can be hard to separate. And you have to hear actually make a separation and use 12 egg yolks not the whole thing but if a little bit of white gets in here you're not no, nobody's no. going to die and do not i repeat do not substitute pasteurized egg substitute ooh ooh <laughs> no. i love the look on your face you didn't know where uh, i was going with that <laughs> oh no oh no so um i've already got a bunch of eggs cracked open here but um why don't you sit my cracking eggs so when i crack eggs I like to crack them on the countertop, not on the edge of a bowl. Because when, in this case, where we're separating the egg yolks and I need them completely unbroken so they don't run into the whites, if you crack an egg on the edge of a bowl, you are going to, chances are, drive shell into it, um, which can contaminate it if the shell's dirty. And you are very likely to break your yolk. And let's say that the best egg separator is your cleaned and dried palm. But you have to be ready for this. I know a lot of people gross out. I know a lot of people do it back and forth in the shell, in the hands of the shell. But really the best thing is to crack it right into your hand. Let the white tip your hand slightly forward. Let the white run between your fingertips, thereby keeping... You have to open your fingers a little bit to let the whites through and hold the yolk back. And let the whites go into a bowl. And by the way, you're going to have 12 large egg whites which you can save for any purpose you want, for macaroons, for... That's macaron. Macaron, for various kinds of sponge cakes, whatever you want mm-hmm. to make. But the great thing about all these egg whites is that you can freeze them. They yep. freeze up, put them in an ice cube tray and freeze them. So the other thing I want to say is I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it also on the internet and all those little Facebook movies of people with kitchen hacks. And one of them is to separate the egg yolks from the egg whites using an empty water bottle. What? You've never seen that? What? Uh, so someone cracks like five eggs onto a plate and no. they use an empty Ew. water bottle Ew, to sort suck of suck up. the egg yolk no. right up one at a time. I mean never a squeeze t- bottle. I mean a... Like a... No, a little water. Yeah, a little like one pint water bottle, which is a little flexible thin plastic. And you just like squeeze it and it sucks the egg yolk right out of the but egg. But doesn't it come... Right back out. You can't no, let go of it. then you tilt it up and you go to the next one. And then you have a bottle with like 12 <sighs> egg yolks in it. And then you could squeeze them one at a time into your, your hand. <laughs> I'm just saying Use it's wrong. Okay, so, so here we go. Into that. I've got these eggs and I am actually separating some of these as we talk. It's, you know, it does, it's kind of, kind of feels kind of gushy. No. And nice. Oh, I mean, Mark had cracked some. I'm gross. continuing to crack some more. And so, you know. It's it's not savory, but you know, it's the easiest way to do it. Okay, it's now one more meat. tip about cracking eggs and separating them. Each one that I'm doing, I'm separating into a small bowl. Then I'm transferring that yolk to the big bowl. 
because if I just separated each one of them into that big bowl and then one of my yolks breaks, I'm going to get white in it and you can't really take the white out. So, okay, let's just get this show, show on. 12 eggs the take road. a long time. 12 eggs take a long time. Okay. Aye. So now into that big bowl of 12 eggs, we are putting two cups of granulated white sugar. And now you're going to whisk. And now whisk. I'm going to whisk. Whisk. I'm whisking. I'm whisking. Whisk. I'm whisking. And I mean, I want you to whisk this. Not You don't have to get it till it's ribbony. Okay. But it has to get thick and the sugar has to be dissolved. Can I do this with an electric mixer? You can. But then why'd you hand me a whisk? Uh, because I like it with a whisk. And you're getting back at me for all these years <laughs> of making you do I things. like it with a whisk. All right. So just keep doing it. And while you keep doing that, I'll talk about when I was in the third grade. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I'll why don't you talk about why time. this is getting lighter and thicker? What's happening? Well, we're putting air into it. And as we put the air into it, we're helping actually build a slight amount of structure here. Not a lot. We're going to dissolve it all with what's to come. So the sugar is actually but, dissolving into these egg egg yolks a bit, right? And creating yeah. kind of like an emulsion. Yeah, the sugar's we're getting a little bit of air in it. But honestly, we're going to also take a lot of that air back out when we put the liquids in it. But nonetheless... We just want this to be nice and thick. You don't have to get it up to ribbon stage, but pretty thick. This is pretty thick. This okay. is looking pretty nice. So here we go. Ready? I'm going to pour this stuff so in. You pour it in while I keep whisking. Okay. So what's going whisk. in first? Well, first goes in a liter of bourbon. Oh, excellent. <laughs> a liter. And are, are you using, let me ask you this, are you using the $80 bourbon? No. Good. No. And <laughs> Good. I'm not even using the $35 bourbon, but I'm also not using the $10 bourbon. Okay. So, you know, I found a nice bourbon that a liter cost me, uh, you know, uh, 20 bucks. Okay. And I'm putting that, we're putting that in there. Right. If, if you buy your bourbon in 50 gallon drums <laughs> just consider four cups of bourbon what you want here so that's a little shy of a liter but just that's a okay it, you know what no one's gonna know once we get all this going in okay so my four cups or my liter okay. of bourbon so has gone in what else we got? now we're gonna put in three cups of whole milk do not skimp out i can't use skim no oh <laughs> You have 12 egg yolks. Just go for Isn't it. Isn't that enough fat? Just go for it. You got three cups of whole okay. milk. Now I'm going to put in two cups of heavy cream. Okay, I guess I didn't want to skimp on the skim Why? milk. Why? <laughs> I mean, this is... Okay, nobody should drink a 16-ounce tumbler of this. That guy did last well, year. I know, but no one should. And <laughs> no dignity. No, no. Now, I wanted to say that if you're listening and you're a cardiologist, this is a good business practice right here. Just Serve it in your waiting room. <laughs> So, three Free cups of whole milk, two cups of heavy cream. Now, I'm going to put a cup of brandy. Are we putting the Napoleon brandy? Um, I don't know what Napoleon it's brandy good stuff. is. Okay. No, we're not putting that in. We're putting just E&J in here. We're putting Excellent. just good, solid brandy that you'd have on the shelf. And then we're going to put a half a cup of aged rum. Now, let me talk about aged rum because aged okay. rum is my drink of choice. Okay. And we're not just talking about like gold Bacardi. Although... If you want to use Gold Bacardi here, you can. You can but that's but not we're age. calling for aged rum. Gold Bacardi is not aged. In fact, when you go to the liquor store and you see that white Bacardi and gold Bacardi next to each other, it's the same exact rum. One right. has some coloring added. Rum gets a golden color like scotch and bourbon when it's aged in wood. And so good aged rum will say aged three years, aged five years, aged 12 years. And the longer it's aged... The more flavors build up like caramel and butterscotch and all that delicious stuff. So we're using actually a nice Haitian 
um, eight-year rum in this, which is going to give it a wonderful flavor. We're putting half a cup of that in and then two teaspoons of salt. And if you want to cheap out, you, you can use the gold rum. It will have a much sharper taste than the aged rum. And, or another way to cheap out is to use Myers's dark rum yeah, in this. That's but a very distinctive taste. That is Myers a different rum. taste. All Myers's. There's an S apostrophe S. Myers's. And that's going to give it, that's the same rum you use in a lot of tropical cocktails, like uh, rum punches that want that very specific Caribbean-ish flavor. Right. But we're actually calling for aged rum. Do it. And if you buy a nice bottle of aged do it, rum, do it. do it. Then you'll have something to drink over the holidays too, because aged rum. Okay. Did you catch that that was a fair amount of booze and liquor? So, that yeah, you put like uh, five and a half cups of booze. Yeah, that seems right to me. <laughs> so um, that seems about good. So now all we're going to do is pour this into glass jars. You want to have non-reactive containers. Yep. I have glass jars. They're those giant, giant These are half, half gallon, gallon canning jars. If you have a have. one gallon glass jar, you can use it. Look, if you only have pint-sized jars, you can use those yeah, too, but you you're going to use a lot of them. You can go use jelly jars and, you know, you can have all your pints. And then just serve everyone. How many pints would that be? Well, let's see. A gallon has has eight pints. You could use eight pint jars, canning jars. Then you could hand those out with a straw and just serve eight people. You probably, okay, then use 16 half pints because you really probably shouldn't (laughs) drink a pint of this stuff. Oh, yum. So a half pint of eggnog with a straw. Well, that would be kind of cool. You could put this in half pint canning jars, half pint canning jars, seal them up, put the lids. you got to have the lids and the rings, mm-hmm. seal them up, and then at your party, just pass these now you out. store them in the refrigerator. Yes. These are cured in the fridge. Now, you know what's really cool this year is that Christmas Eve is also the first night of Hanukkah. Oh, so you can have Jewish eggnog. So you can have, you could serve these with your latkes. Oh, So you I was fry say. your potato latkes. Do you float a piece of smoked salmon in the eggnog? <laughs> No, but if you fry your potato latkes in lard, they get really extra crisp. You really... <sighs> okay, fine. We'll fry them in peanut oil. And then it's then it's still kosher to eat it with the... Uh, is, wait, is eggnog ever kosher? Yeah, uh, yeah, what's wrong? Why wouldn't this be kosher? It's the most Christian of all beverages. Well, that's true, but... This... I'm surprised they don't do communion with eggnog. I... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I'm not going there. So put this, store these covered in the fridge for about a month. Give it a month is good. And uh, we're not going to taste this today because I'm putting it in my fridge. So maybe like four weeks from now when we're doing another podcast, we may just pull out the eggnog and taste it. Great. So that's it. That's my recipe for eggnog, the most Christian beverage of all time. To hear us cook through more recipes, check out Cooking with Bruce and Mark every Friday. And to hear us take down culinary myths, one after the other, check out the short versions of this podcast on Tuesdays.